Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Our Father, we bless you and we thank you again today for bringing us into your presence, Father God. We give you all the glory, we give you all the praise, and we give you all the thanks, adoration, Father, because you are worthy to be praised there's none like you father there's none bigger better brighter richer stronger wiser kinder more merciful more loving there's none like you father there's none that has any of these attributes more than you father you are our life you are love and we thank you today daddy in the precious name of Jesus. Father, please speak to us today. Speak to us, Father. Speak to us, please. And let your counsel be known. Let your counsel alone be heard by your children today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord, beloved. This is your brother Joshua here again. By the abundant mercies of God, his mercies which are new every morning, his compassion that fail not. Hallelujah. Ah, beloved, we are continuing on your employment as a gateway for Babylon. In the last episode, we focused in this subtopic of employment on the ministers of God, on the servants of God, and I preach to myself. Thank you, Jesus. And the question is, are we letting our employment become a gateway for Babylon? a gateway to produce defilement, a gateway uh, to be a pollutant for God's people, a gateway to try to bring down the name of God because everything is supposed to exalt His name. It's supposed to lift Him up. But is our employment becoming a gateway for Babylon. She pollutes the kings of the earth. She pollutes the inhabitants of the earth. Uh, we saw that in Revelations chapter 17, verse 5 stated that she is mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Today we're going to pick up 
quickly on that which we were pursuing last episode. And I want to go through a couple of examples today and 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 we'll be done for this episode uh, as the Lord leads. Still unemployment here as a gateway for Babylon. Genesis 41 verse 14 to 16. Genesis 41 verse 14 to 16. The Bible says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou can understand a dream to interpret it. Now, let me stop there for a minute. Uh, you, you all know Joseph's story. No need for me to go over it. But you know his story. He was in dungeon, falsely accused of assaulting Potiphar's wife and so forth. And before that, sold by his brothers. You know the story. And after that, he was thrown in a dungeon. He was, he was looking for a pardon from Pharaoh, by the way. Let me just read that so, so that you believe um, that I'm not speaking fables. The book of Genesis 40, verse 9 to verse 14. Now, the Bible says that the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and he said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes, and Pharaoh's cup was in his hand, was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it, the three branches are three days, Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee into thy, unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou was his butler. Now read verse 14. The Bible says, And think of me when he shall be well with thee, and show me, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me. And what? Make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. Yes, um, Joseph was seeking a pardon from Pharaoh. He was seeking an intervention from uh, the highest natural uh, executive power in the land, if you please, the king, because he felt correctly, of course, he hadn't done anything that deserved his he being in a dungeon. Uh, Potiphar's wife had lied against him. So he was seeking um, intervention. He was seeking for his case uh, to be reopened and be pardoned and be removed from, from the dungeon. 
Now, okay, Josh, I mean, what are you saying? And so what? He, he, he has the point. He has the point, beloved. He has the point. Desire to meet Pharaoh, to get a pardon or clemency, if you please, came to pass when Pharaoh had a dream and he's now standing before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, Pharaoh says, I heard that you, Joseph, you're the man. Mm-hmm. I'm about to give you a task. He doesn't have a job yet, but it's a task. It's an assignment from the king of the land. And that assignment, Pharaoh is saying, you come highly recommended. I heard you can do stuff like this. That's Genesis 41 verse 15. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I dreamed a dream and there's none that can interpret it. And I heard say of thee that thou can understand a dream to interpret it. Now, if it was some of us, we would have said, yeah, yeah, Pharaoh, you got that right. I'm the man. Don't forget, this is the opportunity he has been waiting for to be before Pharaoh. Now, better than an opportunity to present his case to Pharaoh for clemency, for leniency, for a pardon, better than that, we have a situation where Pharaoh needs something from Joseph. You need to get that. This is not Joseph needing something from Pharaoh. Joseph sought through the butler an opportunity to get something from Pharaoh, but the opportunity that presented itself to Joseph was a situation where Pharaoh needed to get something from Joseph. Mm -hmm. And you know that if you're the seller of a prize and needed commodity, you can play around with the prize just a little bit, just, just, just a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're selling gas, uh, petrol, or diesel, and kerosene, and, and food stuff, and, and things like that, and other necessities, yeah, you know, the people need it, and you can play around with it. This is the king needing something from, 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 from Joseph. That is an employment place that God scripted for Joseph. But Joseph, because we're now contrasting the prior episodes that we had where, where, where uh, we talked about people using their employment uh, wrongly, you know, we talked about Satan, we talked about Gehazi, you know, we talk about all these jokers, talk about Judas's carrot. Now we're looking at an example where of I should say people that did it the right way. This employment Joseph chose rather 
to use it to honor God. So when Pharaoh said in Genesis 41, 15, I heard say of thee that you can understand the dream to interpret it. What did Joseph say in verse 16 of Genesis 41? And Joseph answered Pharaoh. He's never met Pharaoh before, beloved, saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Ah, beloved. God set up an employment interview, if you please, where the only employee to be interviewed was God's servant, Joseph. Mm -hmm. And when God set it up, the one that was set up used that platform to honor the one that set him up. And you know the story after that. Your employment as a gateway for Babylon or your employment as a source of glory unto God. Beloved, what would you have it be? Uh, the work I'm doing today by the mercies of God um, came about when I met a stranger, never met him my whole life, my whole life. Came about when I met a stranger and during the course of the discussion, now the appointment was arranged, of course. There was an appointment set, but I hadn't met this person previously. And in the course of the appointment, to discuss possibilities of of work. Like I said, I never met them before. I didn't know them from Adam. It wasn't really heading towards work, if you know what I mean. But the Lord led me to to volunteer the information. I mean, which which was neither here nor there, as it were, because this is not a ministry job. It's a secular uh occupation well secular in quote and the Lord prompted me to volunteer some information about ministry the whole conversation turned because this person I never knew from Adam I mean he could have been anything he could have been a Muslim a Buddhist a pagan or whatever, turned out to be in the same line. <laughs> uh, of calling. And immediately it was it was done. I was to come and resume work. I mean that's over a decade ago. What, what am I saying? What am I saying? The setup for your employment. Yes, to you it's a secular job. Yes, it's a secular job. When Joseph gave glory to God, you know the rest of the story, that he interpreted the dream for Pharaoh 
and he got a job that was never advertised. He got a job that would, did not exist before he came before Pharaoh. Let's look at Daniel. Daniel had a secular job, an advisor to the king. But beloved, you see in Daniel 2, 24 to 28, again, like Joseph, the circumstances of their coming into the position to get these jobs were not always the best. In Joseph's case, his brother sold him off, walked as a slave in Potiphar's house, falsely accused, thrown in a dungeon, and he meets the butler who works for Pharaoh. Okay. In Daniel's case, uh, Jerusalem is, is, is ransacked, and some of the young men, they are taken captive and taken to Babylon as slaves. So again, it's not the quote-unquote best of circumstances. But we see in Daniel 2, you know the story, Nebuchadnezzar had his dream, he forgot it, and he asked everybody, tell me my dream and interpret it, or else I kill you. In Daniel 2, 24 to 28, Daniel goes to the king's uh, servant to tell him, I will show the king the interpretation. Verse 26, the king said unto Daniel, Daniel 2, 26, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? Then listen to what Daniel said in 27 and 28 of chapter 2. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days thy dream and the visions upon thy head are these. Just like Joseph did, Daniel used this great opportunity to bring glory to God, to advertise God. Didn't say, yeah, 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 I, 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 I'm the man. No. In this quote-unquote secular arena, they made it clear to the king, I will give glory to God. These are men that refuse to allow their employment to become a source of pollution in their lives. We see the same Daniel again before another king in Daniel chapter 5, Belshazzar, the king in Daniel 5. You know the story. He was having a party and a hand showed up on the wall and out of nowhere it looked like and and wrote on the wall and the king was afraid his knees were shaking and says who can interpret this for me and they 
and they went to call Daniel. So Daniel 5 from verse 13, the Bible says, Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I've heard about thee, I've heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, astrologers, they could not tell me what this writing is about, but I heard that you can make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me what it is, uh, you'll be clothed in scarlet, uh, you have a gold chain about your neck, and you'll be the third ruler in the kingdom. But what did Daniel say? Daniel chapter 5 verse 17 then Daniel answered and said unto the king let thy gifts be to thyself he's talking to the king and give thy rewards to another yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation O thou king the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor and he did all kinds of stuff with your daddy. But verse 20 says, But when your father's heart was lifted up and hardened with pride, God brought him down. He says, Sit down, boy. Made him a wild animal for seven years. He says, But you, Daniel 5.23, you have lifted up yourself. He's talking to the king, beloved. You have lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. You've brought the vessels of his house before thee. You've taken God's stuff, the utensils that are in his temple. And you and your wives and your concubines, your girlfriends, people are having parties with God's stuff. You are praising the gods of silver and so forth and iron and wood and stone, which cannot see or which cannot hear. But the God in whose hand your very breath is, your very breath, Daniel is talking to the king, guys, and the God, Daniel 5, 23, and the God in whose hand your breath is, and in whose are all thy ways thou hast not glorified. Mm. Then he proceeds to interpret it for him. <laughs> oh Daniel beloved this is a man true to his employment this is a man that will not compromise thus saith the Lord in his employment no he will not Daniel 5.26 this is interpretation of the thing many God has numbered thy kingdom and finished it king your kingdom is finished he is talking to the king guys Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Mm. Verse 30 says, In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, 
slain that night that night this is a man beloved that refused for his employment to become a gateway for Babylon but chose rather to be true to the one that gave him that employment mm. I will stop with 1 Kings 22:1 to 18 uh, it's kind of a long read but it's not that long beloved I don't know if you know the story uh, I, I, I can summarize it the king of Israel Ahab and the king of Judah Jehoshaphat came together and Ahab said he wants to go to war to to win back Ramoth Gilead from the hands of the Syrians and he says Jehoshaphat king of Judah should go with him to fight. Will he come with him? Jehovah said, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're the same people. I can go fight with you, but let us ask the Lord first today. Let us ask him today. And there were prophets that were employed in the courts of the king of Israel, King Ahab. Verse 6, 1 Kings 18. I'm sorry. 1 Kings 22, verse 6, the Bible says, Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said, Shall I go up against Ramon Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall surely deliver it into the hand of the king. So you have 400 prophets employed in the palace of the king saying to the king go up the lord said he would deliver ramoth gilead into your hand away from the syrians jehoshaphat i guess he had not the gift of suspicion but the gift of intuition he had a uh he said, no, something doesn't add up. Is there no other prophet we can ask? Then Jehoshaphat said, yeah, there's this dude called Micaiah, but he, 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 he never says anything good about me. Uh, yeah, he's a prophet too, but, but he doesn't prophesy anything good. Prophesy, Papa. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, Tell me that I'm going to ride a new Lamborghini. Prophesy, Papa. I mean, he, do, he doesn't tell me I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to win a new contract. He doesn't tell me that I'm going to marry a new wife or a new husband, you know, or get a $3 zillion contract. Prophesy, Papa. Shall I prophesy? Prophesy, Papa. No, no, he doesn't tell me any of that stuff. That's what I have said. The other 400 prophets were gateways of Babylon. No wonder Ahab was a... Ash. Ahab was a terrible king. 
But let, let, let me leave that alone. And um, But Jehoshaphat said, uh, please call him. I know I've heard these 400 prophets, but that one, that, that, that one, just, just call him, let's see. Just call him, let's see. Then the Bible says they waited, they sat down, and verse 10, And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, each sat in his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. The 400 prophets continued to prophesy, even while they went to go call Micaiah. Even while they went to go call Micaiah, the 400 prophets were still dramatizing and making prophetic actions and prophetic gestures and, and, and prophetic symbolisms just to convince Jehoshaphat that thus saith the Lord. Yes, verse 11 of First Kings 22, uh, Zedekiah, the, the son of Chaniah, got him some horns of iron and says, Thus saith the Lord, with this shall thou push the Syrians until you have consumed them. You know, prophetic actions. Yes, sir. And he did a prophetic action with his uh, horns of iron. Verse 12, And all the prophets prophesied, so saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 13. And the messenger that was sent to call Micaiah said, Look, listen, bro. Look, 400 prophets. This is what they said. They said it's all good for the king to go to Ramoth Gilead and fight. You need to, you, you need to say the same thing with them. Mm-hmm. What did Micaiah say? Verse 14. As the Lord liveth, what the Lord has said, what the Lord said unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go up, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? This is King Ahab asking him this question, not Jehoshaphat. And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. <laughs> you know, this is funny to me, what verse 16 says. And the king, which is Ahab now, is not Jehoshaphat. The same king Ahab said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? You see, they had a running conflict. King Ahab and Micaiah. From the king's confession in verse 16, the king says, How many times shall I adjure you? Tell me the truth. Don't deceive me. Because the king knows when Micaiah is not telling him what the Lord said. And Micaiah is not telling him what the Lord said because he knows the king is not ready to hear what the Lord said. So Micaiah, he told the servant that came to tell him, to call him. He said, I only say what the Lord says. But when he gets before the king, the king says, shall we go or shall we forbear? 
he wasn't there when the when Ahab was having a conversation with Jehoshaphat, but he already knew, Micaiah the prophet already knew that this man is not ready for the truth. Beloved, some of you, ah, uh, you know what? Let me say some of us, so you guys don't hit me on the head. Some of us are not ready for the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we want to hear things that excite our ears and tingle our hearts and tintillate and, and, and do all kinds of stuff and, ooh, and give us goosebumps and all that, whatever. Not the things that make your heart burn within you. The Bible says when Jesus was with them on the road to Emmaus, when the disciples says, did not our hearts burn within us? No, you, you, you want your soul tickled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want something that will, that will tantalize you, that will, that will feed your passions and... Let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. Lord, help me. The king was not ready to hear. As soon as Micaiah comes, he's cross-examining him. Shall I go or shall I not go? Hey, go, no problem. It's all good. And the king knows that the prophet knows that he's not ready for the truth, so he's not telling him the truth. It's a game it looks like both of them play. Because he says, how many times? So this has happened many, many, many times before. Then Micaiah said, verse 17, let me tell you something, king. I saw all Israel scattered as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, they have no master. Let them return every man to his house. Then verse 18, the king says, Did I not tell you? That's Ahab telling Jehoshaphat. Did I not tell you that this man won't tell me anything good? Beloved, what are we saying? Joseph, Daniel, Micaiah, they did not let their employment pollute or dilute their job description. They use their employment to give glory, to give fidelity, to give expression to the one that called them in that employment. Whether it was government affairs like Daniel or advisory duties like Joseph, or plain ministerial duties like Micaiah, they refuse to be a conduit for Babylon. Beloved, do not give expression to Babylon in any form and in any fashion. And may the Lord help us as we do this. In Jesus' name, amen. All the glory.